Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Morning, boys and girls. Clint Russell. Welcome back to Liberty Lockdown. It is early Friday morning. The sun is rising behind me. Welcome aboard. I had to get into the just an absolute deluge of news that dropped yesterday uh, from significant evidence of the Hunter Biden shenanigans paired with Joe Biden's relationship to it. Five million dollars to the big guy as well as the little guy. <laughs> um, on top of that, RFK Jr. testified in front of Congress and you had congressional members that attempted to have him silenced while he was testifying about censorship in America. I kid you not. That's all of that happened in the last 24 hours. So for that reason, I got up early and I wanted to, to give you guys my breakdown on it because it's absolutely mind-blowing. If there has ever been a better example of the downfall of an empire in modern times, I can't think of a better example than that which was yesterday. It was profound. It was stark. It honestly shook me a little bit. Because, you know, we like, we sense how close we are to the precipice in terms of empire collapse. But until you see something like that, until you see sitting congresswomen, Congress people up there trying to silence like a top four presidential candidate, have him silenced, predicated on complete deception, complete lies about his character, calling him an anti-Semite and all sorts of terrible things all false but does it matter no of course it doesn't matter it's the same it's the exact same protocol and what i found really stark about it or profound was that it's the exact same protocols that they used in going after obviously trump but also all of us all of us over the past three years since the censorship got completely out of hand they have been using this same sort of in my opinion, slanderous language to describe all of us as conspiracy theorists and racists and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible to see it happen to a guy who's running for president from the, the good team, from their perspective, the Democrat side, right? So no, he gets the same treatment, just like Donald Trump, just like you and I, we get censored, we get name called and we don't get to re respond. Uh, fortunately though, RFK did get to respond and you're going to enjoy some of his responses because man, that dude didn't hold back. Anyways, if you guys would like to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Sign up to become a supporting member of the show. I wanted to let you guys know I will be back on Timcast IRL August 7th. So make sure you guys don't miss that. That is about two weeks from now. And uh, I can't wait. Tim and I are still in discussions about having me come on full time as a fifth chair poker with the boys all much more than that actually um so we're trying to figure it out hopefully we can come to terms uh i am very anxious to get started with him but i want to do it on you know on steady ground because if not there's some other some other things cooking out there so i gotta figure it out uh life is very very entertaining right now and i'm not complaining at all but man Life is weird. And it's all because you guys. Because you listen, you share the show, you tell your friends, 
and uh, and the more people are listening, the more people are willing to talk to me seriously about you know business opportunities and things like that. So thank you guys so much for that. Let's get into the show, huh? Why don't we? Right given to the people of the United States is absolute, and that includes the right to free speech. Protective measures were taken to take down disinformation about vaccines and about the nature of the virus and about protective measures we could take, including masks, including social distancing. We are not trying to censor speech. We are simply trying to create factually correct information to prevent harm to people. It was public health measures to protect lives. Again, something should be celebrated. My God. So yeah, um, they went from, we, we've, we've gone through the whole cycle from it's not from, we're not censoring you to, okay, maybe a little bit to, it's actually a good thing. Oh, these people have no shame, man. These are these are elected representatives. They take an oath to the Constitution. They take an oath. <laughs> it means nothing to them. We're not trying to censor you. We're just trying to make sure you only get truthful information. And in the process, we have to censor you. Just a little bit. Or a lot of bit. We have to get you completely deplatformed. My goodness. They're so brazen. I can't believe that they're like, there's no shame whatsoever. No, it was, it was to look after you. It's to your own best interest that you're not able to speak freely. Don't you know? No, I don't know. Actually, it doesn't make me feel good at all. And you made my life extraordinarily challenging. And you banned hundreds of my friends. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. And for the record, they were more accurate than the people that you were putting up on pedestals like Anthony Fauci. Oof. Can you believe this? You believe these are fucking congressmen that are just saying this stuff? Wild. Next up, we have Emma Jo Morris. She was the reporter that broke the Hunter Biden laptop story for the New York Post way, 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 way back in 2019. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. My name is Emma Jo Morris, a politics editor at Breitbart. Um, I'm here today because I published a series of news stories three years ago in October of 2020 about Hunter Biden's now infamous laptop, also known as the laptop from hell, uh, which is seen as some of the most scandalous reporting of the last decade. Um, what was more scandalous than the reporting itself, though, was the fact that it exposed the unholy alliance between the intelligence community, social media platforms, and legacy media outlets. At the time, I was deputy politics editor at the New York Post, and um, my reporting showed that despite then-candidates Joe Biden's repeated and furious denials, he was apparently involved in the foreign business deals of his family. Over several days, just weeks before Americans would vote for their next president, I revealed verified authentic emails from the Biden Scions hard drive showing Ukrainian business partners receiving leaks from the Obama White House, I documented an off-the-books meeting between then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian energy executive and introduced the world to the big guy um, who got action on a deal with CEFC, China Energy Company. I would imagine the uh, executive with Burisma was uh, just left. I can't ever say his name properly. Oh, it drives me crazy. 
Jaslevsky. I can't pronounce it. Forget it. Let's keep going. The Post published exactly how the material for the reporting was obtained, even identifying our sources, um, as well as a federal subpoena showing the FBI was in possession of the material the story was based on and had been since December of 2019. Um, but when the stories appeared on social media that morning, the venue where millions of Americans go to find their news and editors to get their angles, uh, within hours, the reporting was censored on all major platforms on the basis of being called hacked or Russian disinformation. Um, Twitter refused to allow users to share the link to the stories, banned the links from being shared in private messages, a policy, by the way, that's used to clamp down on child porn um, and lock the post out of its verified account. Facebook said it would curb distribution and reach of the links on its platform. However, the stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all. <laughs> on October 19th, five days after the Post began publishing, Politico ran a story headlined, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? <laughs> Politico printed a letter completely uncritically from veteran members of the U.S. intelligence community falsely claiming that the Post Expose has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. My God. <laughs> Specifically, it was Russian disinformation operation is what they said. <laughs> Most notable among the signatories of that letter were Jim Clapper from former DNI, Michael Hayden, former CIA, John Brennan, former CIA, despite having such damaged credibility following their participation in the Russia collusion conspiracy theory. A few days later on October 22nd, when Biden appeared in the second presidential debate and was uh, confronted with the facts of the Post reporting, he said to Trump, quote, 50 former national intelligence professionals said this, what he's accusing me of is a Russian plot but it was not, um, and he knew that. Now, fast forward to this year, three years later. Just last spring, House investigators revealed it was a call by now Secretary of State Antony Blinken to former acting CIA Director Michael Morell that prompted the spy letter published by Politico, which bypassed agency approval processes that would have been normally applied. I want you guys to really process that. Antony Blinken, yeah, that Antony Blinken was responsible for ushering Joe Biden into the White House. It, I, I can't make it any more explicit than that. He was the one that got the story buried in the week leading up to the election. He got it buried, which was factual, which the FBI had in its possession. The laptop at the time could have confirmed it, but instead he reaches out to John Brennan, John Brennan and all these other scumbags in the deep state and says, Hey, we need you to sign a letter that's completely nonsensical because it's going to enable Joe Biden to, during the debate, reference your, your you know, appeal to authority, the 50 former intelligence officials, they all agree, has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. I just want to make sure you guys understand what happened. Yes, I know this is years ago, and yes, I know it may feel as if it's not meaningful today. I, I really want you to get that idea out of your head entirely. It could not be more meaningful. This is how your government functions. They 
plant stories and they bury stories because the story about the 50 intelligence officials, that was a planted story. This woman whose reporting was stellar and spot on empirically proven to have been correct. Her story was buried. They do both. It is also now known that ahead of my reporting, federal agencies were priming social media companies to execute an operation to discredit it. According to internal documents released by Elon Musk upon his acquisition of Twitter, the FBI and other intelligence community members essentially directed the platform's censorship operation in part externally by working with top management and in part internally by social media companies hiring eye-popping numbers of agency alumni. Journalist Michael Schallenberger reported, based on documents he obtained from Musk, that during all of 2020, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies repeatedly primed Twitter executives to dismiss reports of Hunter Biden's laptop as a Russian hack and leak operation. Feds arranged for top secret security clearances to be granted to Twitter management and even had encrypted messaging networks set up, which they dubbed a virtual war room. Wow. To this day, hundreds of people from the intelligence community work at social media companies. Yep. Over the last few years, my reporting has been confirmed by virtually every mainstream news outlet, from the Washington Post to the New York Times to Politico, when the stakes were nothing, by the way, two years later. No one denies that the laptop is real, that the origin story is exactly what I told you it was in the first place. This elaborate censorship conspiracy wasn't because the information being reported on was false. It was because it was true, and it was a threat to the power centers in this country. What this relationship between the U.S. government officials and American corporations represent is, is an unprecedented push to undermine the First Amendment, the right to think, write, read, say whatever we want, and how we respond will determine whether we see a free press as inalienable or as optional. Thanks. So good. God bless her. I, uh... Setting aside how proud I am of her and, you know, any journalist that actually does their job and then would go and testify in front of Congress and say that you guys censored me and the American people. And uh, this isn't the direction, this isn't the trajectory that we want our nation to be on. Uh, setting all of the positives aside, let's just talk briefly about what this signifies. I mean, it it signifies that we no longer operate in a functioning democracy, much less country. I mean, we just, this is dysfunction 101, maybe 401. This is very advanced dysfunction. Uh, it concerns me greatly. It concerns me deeply that we have politicians that, that not just feel as if this is an acceptable thing to do, but aren't ashamed and don't really fear repercussions. They don't fear being thrown out of office. If they are thrown out of office by some miracle, well, then they get some seven-figure payday working for Goldman Sachs or whoever, just sitting on a board, cashing checks because of the the largesse that they <laughs> printed and put into some CEO's bank account. It's it's really unsustainable. I don't know. I don't. How, how else could you see this? Like, if there aren't repercussions. If there aren't prosecutions for this type of stuff, why would they stop? I know I, I harp on this a lot and maybe you're getting sick of it and I apologize if so, but it's really important. If they have no repercussions, no consequences for violating the constitution egregiously, we have so much evidence 
I mean, she just detailed most of it for you, but they had a fucking war room with Twitter. They gave top secret clearance clearances to the heads of Twitter so that they could ha then have confidential encrypted communications between the FBI and the Twitter execs on exactly what happened with this story. And not just this story, mind you, lots of stories. So, well, that, that other congressman sat up there earlier and said, this was about trying to keep you safe. Was Hunter Biden's laptop about a health crisis, about a pandemic in America? No, the fuck it wasn't. Not at all. So don't, don't let them sell you on this narrative that this is just about your well-being. This is to your benefit. Couldn't be further from the truth. This is about their benefit and their control and their narrative and suppressing the opposition. And you, my friends, are the opposition. Now let me remind you guys that RFK is on Capitol Hill because he's going to testify about censorship in America. And this is how Debbie Wasserman Schultz starts off this conversation. Amazing. Point of order pursuant to House Rule 11, Clause 2, which Mr. Kennedy is violative of, I move that we remove into executive session because Mr. Kennedy has repeatedly made despicable anti-Semitic and anti-Asian comments as recently as last week. Rule 11, Clause 2. Keeping in mind the, the allegedly anti-Asian, anti-Semitic comments that he made was talking about studies about who was most impacted by COVID. In no way was it anti-Semitic. I just want to make that crystal clear. And they are smearing him egregiously. Look, I've been very clear about my opinion of RFK. I think he's, he's slippery. I'm not sure what to believe about the guy. He says a lot of great things when it comes to abolishing three-letter agencies that you and I would <laughs> would love to see gone. Um, but he's just simply not anti-Semitic. It's, it's an absurd and brazen smear of his character to try and diminish what he's actually representing. And the, the real reason they despise this man is because he is dragging his feet. He is dragging America's feet in the push for World War III. That's number one. And number two, he's a massive thorn in the side of Big Pharma. Both of those entities, the military industrial complex, as well as Big Pharma, are ultimately the reason that Debbie Wasserman Schultz and all of these other Congress members are smearing him egregiously before he's even had the opportunity to testify and trying to get him to be prevented from doing so. Says, whenever it is asserted by a member of the committee that the evidence or testimony at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate any person, or it is asserted by a witness that the evidence or testimony that the witness would give at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate the witness, and it goes on. Mr. Kennedy, uh, among many other things, has said, I know a lot now about bioweapons. We put out hundreds of millions of dollars in, into ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there is an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately. The races that are most immune to COVID-19 are- a lady making a motion or a speech. Uh <laughs> That's Thomas Massey. Uh just, I just want to refresh your memory because they're going to make this claim that RFK's representations or, or he doesn't even actually claim it. He just says that like, there are arguments being made that this, that COVID disproportionately affected certain groups based off, based off of ethnicity. Well, if you recall, cause I, I remember it very clearly 
there was articles in the summer of 2020 where CNN and all of the other, you know, establishment news, New York Times, etc., were were consistently talking about the disproportionate impact that COVID was having on minorities. That's what they said repeatedly. Now they can say it's because of socioeconomic factors or whatever, whatever, whatever. He he's going from a more scientific approach and saying maybe there's some genetic predisposition or perhaps there's some orchestration behind the scenes that's making this happen. But he doesn't he doesn't give a hard stance. He doesn't come with a firm conclusion. But I just wanted to point out the double standard. When they talk about it, completely acceptable to talk about the disproportionate impact that it has on minorities, of course. I, and I've made a motion to move into executive session because Mr. Mr. Kennedy's testimony- Mr. Chairman, I moved to table the motion. The gentleman from Kentucky has moved to table. Mr. Ch Mr. Chairman, I ask for a roll call vote on the, on the motion to table. Well, let me ask the question. The question is on the motion to table. The gentlelady has asked for a roll call vote. The clerk will- We'll have to step back for a second. The clerk will have to come in. We'll call the roll on the motion to table. Okay. So uh, normally I would cut this here, but some of them make some commentary when they cast their votes, and I think it's worth hearing. And then we can get back to testimony. This committee to censor viewpoints that we disagree with from witnesses. Mr. Chairman, I have That's a, not a point of order. motion on the table. There's a motion and the vote's been so called. Move into the House session. We're waiting, for, we're waiting for the clerks. Is violative of waiting Rule 11, Clause 2. Waiting for the clerks. Clerk will call the roll. Yes, Mr. Fonick votes yes. Mr. Gates. Mr. Johnson of Louisiana. Yes. Mr. Johnson of Louisiana votes yes. Mr. Armstrong. Yes. Mr. Armstrong votes yes. The yeses or the ayes are to allow RFK to testify. Mr. Subi. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Bishop votes yes. Ms. Kamak? Yes. Ms. Kamak votes yes. Ms. Hageman? Yes. Ms. Hageman votes yes. Ms. Poscott? No, I want to follow the rules that the Republicans made at the beginning of this uh, conference with these House rules, so no. Ms. Poscott votes no. Mr. Lynch? No. Mr. Lynch votes no. Ms. Sanchez? No, because Ms. it's violative of the rules. Ms. Sanchez votes no. Ms. Wasserman Schultz. No to allowing a witness to degrade and this not others time. and violate the rules and not have his testimony and degradation and amplified rather than given an executive session. Ms. Wasserman Schultz votes no. Mr. Connolly. No to the Soviet Politburo. Mr. Connolly votes no. Mr. Connolly says no to the Soviet Politburo. I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> I can't even believe that they would say something like that. What has happened to this country? Just because he doesn't want World War III, now he's he works for Vladimir Putin? Incredible. Mr. Garamendi? No. Mr. Garamendi votes no. Mr. Allred? Ms. Garcia? No. Ms. Garcia votes no. Mr. Goldman? No to hate speech. Mr. Goldman votes no. <laughs> That was Thomas Massey. This Mr. Gates. is Jesus in the Gates. background. All right. Anyways, the vote passes. He's allowed to testify, and we'll get into that in a second. But you believe this? You believe this is America? Are we in America? Is this the United States of America? Is this the nation I grew up in? Before he has even had an opportunity to speak, based off of a smear job that came down three days prior, and let me tell you, I don't think it's coincidental that that clip got circulated and went viral 
and all of the hit pieces came out about RFK three days prior to his testimony on Capitol Hill about censorship in this country. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that this, once again, is another planted story to try and smear a man and prevent him from testifying or at least allow their CNN, MSNBC audience to dismiss his claims. Everything that they've been doing to RFK has been about getting the blue pilled that still tragically exists within this nation to buy hook, line and sinker the narrative that you should not be listening to what he has to say. Don't listen to a word of it. Sure. Uh, his book about Anthony Fauci has thousands of cite citations, but it's a, he's a total quack. It's all nonsense. You don't have to even consider it. Just go get your booster. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We didn't lie to you for the past three years. That's what this is all about. This is, this is the whole game here. They don't want you to consider his words. I'm not saying he's right about everything. I've been very clear. I don't think he is. I don't. But to, to poison the well, to try and to get the audience, to try and get the audience to dismiss his claims before you've even heard them. Do you understand how dangerous that is? This is a, this is a trend that is persistent and growing where we don't want to platform conspiracy theories. That's what they say. Now, I don't know about you, but the conspiracy theorists have a pretty damn good track record over the past three years, and they don't. The people that are calling us conspiracy theorists, their track record is dog shit. And they're still representing themselves as the arbiters of truth that get to dictate not just what is the truth, but who's allowed to speak it. Crazy, crazy technocratic, censorious, I mean, dictators. <laughs> like, I think it's fair to call them that at this point. All right, let's get into RFK. Let's start it off with my guy, Thomas Massey, along with RFK Jr. Thanks to the Twitter files, we found out that the former FDA director who is on the board of Pfizer Ms. Dr. Scott Gottlieb wrote on August 27, 2021, to Twitter executive Todd O'Boyle, who, by the way, was kind of one of the go-to people for the White House also to coordinate with when they wanted something suppressed, uh, requested Twitter take action against a post about natural immunity. Uh, you know, what's amazing to me is Scott Gottlieb, who works for Pfizer, who's a former FDA director, went to Twitter the day I got censored on natural immunity, my post, a congressional post. Now, the other side said, well, your, your tweet's still up, your post is still up, what do you mean you're getting censored? What they did is they labeled it and they denied anybody's ability to, to actually comment on it and they deboosted it. So I simply said natural immunity is better than vaccine immunity. We had studies showing that. They took it, they, they censored it, so the next day, I tried it again with a reference to Bloomberg, Bloomberg hardly a right-wing um, outlet and, or, or conspiracy generator, and they censored that one as well. This, this is astounding to me. Mr. Kennedy, can you talk about the uh, censorship, the effort of the White House and pharma to suppress the acknowledgement of natural immunity and, and why they might have been doing that? Well, again, it, it was an effort uh, to suppress information, not uh, the, in fact, if you read the Twitter files and the email 
correspondence at, uh, between Facebook and the White House, there was an acknowledgement that they were being asked and they were complying with censoring information that everybody knew to be true or highly likely to be true. Oh, the purpose, and in fact, the term misinformation did not denote uh, falsehood or, or veracity. Rather, it was a euphemism mm -hmm. for any information that departed from government orthodoxies. And it is very dangerous. And you know, uh, the, uh, the congressman a minute ago said a million people have died because of mis misinformation about vaccines in this country, but in fact, our country had the worst, had one of the highest vaccination rates in the world and the worst health outcomes. We have 4.2% of the global population. We had 16% of the COVID deaths. Blacks in Haiti with a 1% vaccination rate were dying at a rate of 15 per million population. And same in Nigeria had a 1.3 vaccination rate. They were dying at one in 14 per million population. 14 per million population. In our country, blacks were dying at 3,000 per wow. million population, 200 times the death rates in other countries. And this holds throughout the world. We needed information. We should have all been sharing information openly and, and talking to the 15 million doctors through the internet who were treating patients on the front line all over the world and channeling the best therapies, the most successful treatments so that we can all figure it out. We, this is not a time in a pandemic to, uh, to, to you know, I'll just say this one thing, trusting the experts is not a function of science. It's not a function of democracy. It's a function of religion and totalitarianism, and it does not make for a healthier population. My goodness. It is a function of religion and totalitarianism is he wrong <laughs> no he is not wrong and I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys it feels good to hear it it feels good to hear it myself and Dave and all the others that have been screaming from high heaven for three years straight this is not what you want to do if you want to keep people alive you don't censor people when they're trying to figure out how to deal with a pandemic, much less a novel coronavirus, one that we were we didn't know what we were dealing with. We have a pretty good idea now, don't we? But we didn't back then, and we had to talk. We had to have a conversation. You certainly don't you don't go around banning some of the most highly acclaimed scientists and doctors and epidemiologists in the world. You don't ban them and get closer to the truth. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. And since he didn't say it explicitly, even though Thomas Massey, you know, he, he allied, I'm gonna oop it for him. He asked, why? Why was this happening? It's because they wanted to get as many people as possible to get the jet. Real simple. It didn't have anything to do with what worked. It had to do with dollars and cents, unfortunately. I can't come to any other conclusion because it's simply, we never got to a point of herd immunity. We didn't. Now you could say that's because it's not the vaccine. It was actually because the, the virus kept mutating. Fine, maybe so, but it doesn't change the fact that 
the whole argument about the mandates was that we were going to have herd immunity and then we'd be okay. And then the pandemic would be behind us and we can move on. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And the reason that they censored us during that period is because they wanted to push as many doses as they possibly could. And it didn't increase the health outcomes for the American people. As RFK made quite explicit there, some to some nations, we had 200 times the fatality rate that some other nations that have nowhere even close to our healthcare system. Like that's, that's the output. That's the outcome. You wanted to strip our constitutional rights, our, our God given right to speak freely. You strip that to give us a 200 times worse outcome than third world countries. So not only did we have the health outcome of a third world country, but we now have the same speech rights as people that live in them. That should disturb you greatly. It doesn't just disturb me, it infuriates me. Prosecute these people, all of them, my God. Wow, the irony and cognitive dissonance from the other side of the aisle, it's deafening. You could cut it with a knife. They are at the same time denying that censorship is occurring, but suggesting that there's more material that needs to be censored. This is a hearing on censorship that began with an effort, with a formal motion from the other side of the aisle to censor Mr. Kennedy. They do not want him to speak, yet that is the topic of this hearing. They have kept him from speaking, a collusion between the government and private organizations. Mr. Kennedy, in your opening statement, you um, introduced us to this word malinformation. Can you tell us more about this made up word, what it means, and some of the uh, things that you've tr said or tried to say that you've been censored for that's been characterized as malinformation? Yes, Congressman Assey, and if, if, it, if by your leave, I'd like to just respond Please. briefly. Uh, to some of the, uh, what I would call, defamations that have been uh, just applied to me by the ranking member. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you about my opinions on these issues, what you, the, what you have stated and tried to associate me with uh, through guilt by association is simply inaccurate. Virtually everything, every statement that you just made about me is inaccurate. I have never advised black Americans not to receive vaccines. At one point you say I'm anti-vax and that's a bad thing. The other thing, the other moment you point out that all my children are vaxxed. I fact, I'm fully compliant with the vaccine schedule myself, except for COVID. I, I, I took flu vaccines for 20 years straight. I have never been anti-vax. I have never told any, I have never told the public avoid vaccination. The only thing I've asked for, and my views are constantly misrepresented so that the truth of what I believe is not, we're not allowed to have a conversation with, about that with the American people, which I believe vaccines should be tested with the same rigor as other medicines and medications. You tried to associate me a moment ago with the replacement theory which is racist. No, I did not say you time belongs to the gentleman from I said I my colleagues. The time belongs to the gentleman from I denounced that theory. It is racist. 
and I have never endorsed it or had any association with it. Our film on a medical by a the medical way, Bill apartheid. Buxton, Bill Buxton, who is the black CDC official who ultimately exposed the Tuskegee experiment, tried for years and years to appeal to, to CDC to stop it for 40 years. Finally, he got relief by walking into my uncle's office in the building next door. Teddy held hearings and ended the experiment. I remember that very well. And to say that, that I, I wrote a, I created a film that encourages blacks not to get adequate medical care is just completely abhorrent. If the, Don't if the, use my it's words, the witness's sir. time. Do not the, censor the witness. I'm not the, censoring the, the witness. Yeah. I'm not the, censoring the witness. He's still talking. It is the, it's it's my the time and I've given to it to the witness. Do not censor him. I'm if not the, censoring him. If the views that you and others have applied to me, I've attributed to me, if they were actually true, I can see why I shouldn't be able to testify here today. Those are not true. These are defamations and mal malignancies that are used to censor me, to prevent people from listening to the actual things that I'm saying. And I think, ranking member, that we should have a real conversation rather than an exchange of ad hominem attacks. And answer very quickly to your question, the term malinformation was coined to describe information that Facebook and Twitter and the other social media sites understood was true, but that the White House and other federal agencies wanted censored anyway for political reasons because it challenged official orthodoxies. Wow. I'll give you one example. There was a, I was included in a group called the Disinformation Dozen. Mm -hmm. and. And Facebook and others were asked to censor us, which they did. And by the way, my heck, Aaron post, it was taken down. My whole Instagram account with 900,000 people was taken down because of that. Oh, they knew, Facebook knew that the disinformation doesn't claim it. And what they said, the disinformation doesn't came from this very shady group called the Center for Preventing Digital Hate in England that's funded by dark money that should be looked into. They claim that 65% of the vaccine misinformation on the internet was generated by those 12 people. Facebook itself said that is impossible. That is false information. We know that not to be true. And yet when the White House asked them to censor this and disinformation doesn't, including me, they did it anyway when they knew it to be untrue. Wow. I... I'm just like, <laughs> this is just unbelievable. Um, what what struck me about that clip is how you could tell he's hurt, you know, he's hurt. He's been, and I don't blame him, man. The, the, the patience and grace with which he has approached this consistent smear factory has been really incredible to watch. Like, I don't know if I could handle it, honestly. Just having everyone call me racist and a quack and a conspiracy theorist for nothing because I'm telling you the truth three months before you're allowed to hear it. I mean, I get called that sometimes too, but at least I don't get called by Congress members while I'm up there testifying about censorship and they're trying to get me censored. Like, and he still maintains his his uh, you know his resolve and his his composure. It's pretty profound, but you can tell he's flustered. He's frustrated and. Man, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Um, 
the the real reason I wanted to play that clip though is because I had not heard because mal is obviously root word being bad mal information malignant mal um, that 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 that's not at all what it meant that mal information was a term that was completely created out of whole cloth just just to censor correct information that they didn't want to be spreading. Wow. Congressman Chip Roy with RFK. Your, your uncle, Senator Ted Kennedy, was a pretty strong opponent of sweeping immunity from liability for manufacturers of vaccines. And did he not introduce an amendment to repeal the so-called PREP Act, uh, the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, uh, when he was a senator? Yes, he did. And, uh, you know, that... that the immunity which was passed in 1986, not, neither the Republicans or Democrats wanted it. Uh, Ronald Reagan at that time, who signed the bill, said, and Wyeth was the company that was pushing it, and they were saying that they were losing $20 in downstream liabilities for every dollar that they made in profits from vaccines. They were gonna get out of the business if they were not granted immunity. Uh, Ronald Reagan said to them at that time, why don't you make the vaccines safe? And why it said, because they're unavoidably unsafe, which is true of most medicines. I'm not anti-vaccine, but I think we need to be honest and we need to have good science. That's all and, I've ever argued. And, and closing out my time here, I would just say this. My, my father had polio. Um, I understand the ravages of that disease. I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to have the polio vaccine, but I also want the truth being sought. I want to know the health impacts of the polio vaccine going forward and every other vaccine that's being administered. And I'll just close by saying and asking, I know that this is informed by a great deal of conversations you've had with mothers and moms who came up to you. And if you could expand on that, I'll yield back. Yeah, I mean, I was dragged kicking and screaming into this space because I was confronted by, you know, when I was touring the country on uh, suing companies about mercury and fish. And by the way, People, you know, I spent 30 years trying to get mercury out of the fish in this country, and nobody ever called me any fish. <laughs> At that time, we were trying to get mercury out of vaccines because mothers were coming and saying, my child was injured by the vaccine. These were many, many hundreds, literally, of mothers with intellectual disabilities. And they said, nobody's listening to us. The Democrats aren't listening to us. Republicans aren't listening to us, and I felt like I should listen to them and actually read the science, and that is what got me down into the time. And by the way, it's the worst career decision I have ever made. <laughs> time of the gentleman. Thank you, Mr. Kennedy. You'll back. He's right. <laughs> it, it was the worst career decision in terms of his reputation amongst the mainstream punditry, but, um, you know, and here's, here's my honest opinion. I don't know. I don't know if he's right. I don't know if he's right that any of these intellectual disabilities or any of this comes from that stuff. I don't know. I, how could I possibly? It would take me, I mean, he's been studying it for 30 years, so it's like, I have to give it some credence, but I don't know for sure. And I'm not even sure he knows for sure because he always couches his opinions with, uh, you know, a bunch of like, well, there's some correlation here. Is it causation? We're not so sure, but we need to know. And I think that's fair. And I think that's that more than anything, that's all I've ever wanted. I wanted to have open dialogue when it mattered most in the teeth of a, of an allegedly super hyper lethal, hyper, uh, you know, fast spreading pandemic. I wanted to be able to have a conversation openly and honestly about what we're up against, what other medical protocols, what other medicinal 
options we have, what other vitamin options we have, what other lifestyle changes we might need to make, what sort of precautions we ought to be taking. That's all I ever wanted. I just wanted to have an open conversation about that because I believe, and in fact, it's really provably true that when we're able to converse openly, we, we speak more often and we speak more plainly and we speak more honestly, ultimately, because we're not, we're not curtailing our speech. We're not, we're not holding back at all. We're actually expressing ourselves fully because we feel as if we're allowed to. Do you want doctors to not feel as if they can do that? Do you want them to make that same statement that RFK made at the tail end there where he says, it was the worst career decision I ever made. Do you want doctors feeling that way if they discover there's some, some aspect of the medical protocol in America or in the world that is ultimately to the detriment of their patients? Do you want them to feel as if coming out and, and informing the public of that information will be to their detriment to their, to like ultimately jeopardize their entire career? Because that's how thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of doctors all over the world have felt over the past three years. That if they speak what they see going on, they can actually lose, even, even though they're just trying to call attention to something that can be bad for people, which is ultimately their true oath. So to, to abide by the medical oath that they all take, they have to lie to us. Is that the world you want to live in? Do you want to have medical professionals that feel compelled to deceive you? The answer ought to be no. God, I hope it's no. Do you want politicians to feel that way? Do you want teachers to feel that way? Lawyers, judges, do you want, do you want everyone in our society to feel as if they have to bite their tongue? Why? Why would, why would you possibly believe that that gets us closer to the truth, much less to a better future, to a brighter future? Are you kidding me? It's crazy. It's absolute madness to think that that's how you get closer to the truth. That's their claim. Their claim is that they must suppress and censor us to get closer to the truth. It has been proven over the past three years that it does not get us closer to the truth. Was there a bunch of bunk bullshit misinformation and lies and de deception and nonsense that was circulating during that period? Of course there was, but it's the internet. There's always crazy stuff that's being said. It is not your job or your duty or your position or your power or in your capacity to tell us what is true and what is false. I'm sorry. This entire concept of fact checkers has already been proven for the canard that it is too. The funding for all of that comes from state department, not all of it, but a lot of it comes from state department and, and uh, you know, basically government funds we're being, so get this, we're being taxed. They're actually taking our tax money and then they're handing it to some allegedly independent fact checkers, which are then fact checking things with lies and telling you that the truth is a lie. So you're being robbed 
to be told that what you have to say is wrong when it's not. If that doesn't make your blood boil, you're not listening close enough. It is infuriating beyond belief. We're being robbed to have our First Amendment rights ripped away and to have our lives jeopardized because we can't have an open conversation when it matters. Prison for all of these people. Prison, for real. Now I'll let RFK expand on why open dialogue matters. I just was talking about my campaign and things, the conversation that we ought to be having with each other as Americans. But I was shut down. And that is why the First Amendment's important. Debate, congenial, respectful debate is the is the fertilizer, it's the water, it's the sunlight for our democracy. We need to be talking to each other. There, this is it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of <laughs> him framing this as you know so important for democracy. No, it's vital for society. It's vital vital for human beings and, and just human existence. It's a God given right, Robert. It really isn't about democracy, but I, I understand your positioning letter and many of you signed many of my fellow democrats i've spent my life in this party i've devoted my life to the values of this party this 102 people signed this this itself is evidence of the problem that this hearing was convened to address this is an attempt to censor a censorship hearing <laughs> 102 Democrats signed a letter trying to get him not, to not be able to talk. Amazing. At a censorship hearing. Oh, my God. The, the, the charges in this, and, and by the way, censorship is antithetical to our party. It was, it was appalling to my father, to my uncle, to FDR, to Harry Truman, to Thomas Jefferson, as the chairman referred to. It is the basis for democracy. It sets us apart from all of the previous forms of government. We need to be able to talk. And, and the First Amendment was not written for easy speech. It was written for the speech that nobody likes you for. And I was, I was censored not just by the Democratic administration. I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by, the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. It ordered a truthful, and by the way, they had to invent a new word called malinformation to, to, to censor people like me. They, there was no misinformation on my Instagram account. Everything I put on that account was cited and sourced to peer-reviewed publications or government databases. Nobody have, has ever pointed to a single piece of misinformation that I published. I was removed for something they called malinformation. Malinformation is information that is true, but is inconvenient to the government. We've already covered that part, but I just wanted you guys to hear his explanation as to, you know, why speech matters. Did you ever think maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, I don't know, too sheltered or I lived in delusion for 30 plus years, but why why are we having hearings on censorship in America? Why are we having a Kennedy of all people testify attempt to be censored while testifying about censorship and he has to give a lecture 
to his own party about why fucking speech matters? Why free speech matters? Are you kidding me? Do you understand how close we are to the to the end here? Like, do you feel it yet? I don't want to overstate it, but I just want to really drive... I, I want to just make sure you guys feel this. Feel it in your bones how close we are to collapse to the end of freedom in America. And if America is truly the freest place on earth, then freedom is in jeopardy globally. Sincerely, wow. I can't believe it. I can't believe that we're even having to have this conversation. That we would have, like, the fact that we would even have to debate whether or not we can speak freely, much less that we have to debate if a, uh, if the government has the right to mandate or dictate what I have to put in my body. I have to. To maintain employment. The Supreme Court had to intervene just last year to try and reinstate people who had lost their livelihoods because they refused to allow a private business to inject the product into them against their will. Just like, I know, I know you guys are all sick of hearing about COVID. I get it. I'm a little bit over it too, but it's, it's not about that. It's symbolic of the, of the greater sickness, the rot within the system. The fact that we would get to a point as a nation and for this, in some ways, I'm actually grateful for lockdowns and the entire COVID moment, because it's my opinion in hindsight that so much of this rot was festering beneath the surface that the dictatorial and totalitarian instincts of our political class was burbling just beneath and no one knew, or at least I didn't. I'm sure some of you are going, I knew, Clint, I knew. Yeah, okay. You were quicker to the game than me. I mean, I think we've, as, as a second-gen libertarian, I've always, I've always suspected that the government will basically get away with whatever it can. But I just, I just wasn't blackpilled enough to believe that they would want, that they would do this. That they, that they would want this even as if this is to their benefit of their, of their children that also exist in this nation, you know, like it's wild. It's perplexing. Even to, even to now, it still confuses the hell out of me. Why do you want to live in this country? Why do you want to have a government that has this power that can suppress and censor your children and your, and once you're long gone, all of the bills, all of the laws that you're passing now to disarm and to censor and start wars and everything else and to spy on us. My God, do they spy on us? All of the, all of this precedent that's being rolled out is going to afflict your grandchildren and your great, great, great grandkids that you will never meet. Your legacy as a politician in particular who writes these laws and does all this secretive tyrannical shit it's going to impact your offspring your progeny do you care about them have you have you have you lost so much your sense of what it is to be an american that that you think that this is good 
Because if so, I wish you would say it. I wish you would actually say speech is bad. Free speech is not what we want anymore. Just say it explicitly. Stop with these lies. It's for your best interest. Every tyrant has always framed their bullshit totalitarian instincts with looking out for their, their peasants. I'm not your peasant. We aren't your peons. You don't get to dictate this stuff to us. You don't get to do that. If you want to rule over a people like that, you got to go somewhere else. It doesn't fly here. We still have the second amendment for now. You can't rule over us like tyrants forever. And the people are waking up. And when you try to censor people during a censorship hearing, it makes it crystal fucking clear who and what you are and what you represent. You aren't one of us anymore. You don't represent the American ideals anymore. And I wish you would drop the veneer and say it proudly. Say exactly who you are and what you are. Say what you really believe in your heart. That you are superior to us. That you're better than us. That you know the truth. That we're wrong. That we're conspiracy theorists. That we're idiots. That we lack the capacity for critical thought. That you are our technocratic benefactor that you can benefit that that we will benefit by giving up all of our freedoms for you to look after us you paternalistic lunatics you say it clearly put that on the ballot say exactly what you believe stop with the lies because your actions speak very very loudly you don't believe in any of the liberties that i love None of them. Get you out of here on this, RFK, basically doing what I just did. System and, and all of these kind of built-in inefficiencies and difficulties, they said that they felt that it would give us the one thing that would give us an advantage over totalitarian systems was this capacity for the free flow of information and, and a complete lack of control of debate so that ideas that would eventually mature into policies would be annealed in a furnace of debate and then rise through the marketplace of ideas rather than being dictated from above. And that's what would give the energy, the vibrancy, the vigor to democracy. When they invented this democracy, we were the first one in the modern era in 1780. By 1865, five other nations had imitated us. I, today, it's 190 nations based upon our system. We are supposed to be the exemplary democracy and the corner foundation stone of our system is freedom of speech. All of the other freedoms depend on it. If we lose that, not only do we lose our democracy in this country, but the entire world exactly. loses us as an example. Exactly, I couldn't have said it better. Man. Shout out to Vigilant Fox for clipping all this for me um i don't know if i have much to add beyond that i'll just say this if you're still afraid to speak your mind you need to you need to just knock that shit off just drop it right now 
If you see why this is a problem, you need to make it crystal clear to everyone that you know and love that you're going to be a truth teller when it's not allowed to be happening anymore, apparently. Now or never, folks. Now or never. Crazy. Crazy times. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, oh, I wanted to mention before I get out of here, obviously, if you want to support my work, libertylockdown.locals.com, sign up to become a supporting member. But um, I wanted to say I did a, a great uh, guest spot over on Legendary Energy's channel on YouTube, uh, aka Anomaly. Uh, he and I always have great conversations. And uh, I'm going to be putting the audio version of that out on the RSS feed, which is just for the podcast, so it won't be video. If you want to watch the video, you can go to his channel, but I'll be doing the, the audio podcast version. Um, so if you are only a viewer of mine, make sure that you subscribe on your podcatcher on your phone so that you can hear it. Just search for Liberty Lockdown in your podcatcher and sign up. Ah, oh, man. We're going to win. <laughs> Look, I just, I, I watched this, I watched this crazy testimony and I'm just like, and I watched these, these Congress people, you know, just get up there and smear this guy. Smear him with just nonsense, you know, just terrible things. And, and I just, I just come away as, as disgusted as I am more than that. I just feel like we can't lose to these people. We can't. When you're willing to debate something, it demonstrates, it demonstrates a strength of character and conviction that they simply can't match. They want to violently suppress our capacity to conversate. That is the lifestyle that they lead. You cannot possibly contend with people like us. You cannot contend with us. And in the, in the, the long arc of human history, I think it will be proven true once again. That those that seek freedom, not just for themselves, but for others, we will prevail. We will not be... We will not be devoured by these monstrosities. Cannot happen. As long as I am breathing, as long as my blood is coursing, you will not rule over me. And I hope you feel me on that. I'll see you guys soon. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?